You do not know who you are fucking with. It's the world's leatheriest podcast, The Pod People. I'm Mingus Reedus. Come on and slam, and welcome to the vampire. (laughs) Hi, guys. I'm Cleveland Mosher. How are you? Oh, I can't follow that. Well, I'm uh, I'm Ben, and I am feeling very goth today. We find ourselves back in the early 2000s yet again. Tonight, we'll be talking about Cleveland's choice, uh, which is Blade 2. It was. Uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro, released in 2002, and starring Wesley Snipes, Chris Christopherson, Ron Perlman, Norman Reedus, and others. Many others. <laughs> Many others. Uh, and it's uh, the sequel to Blade. <laughs> wait, wait. Slow down. What? Yeah, that's why it's called Blade 2. Oh, uh, in case you not, didn't know Not that. because he has two blades? But he doesn't. He only has the one. Well, there, Did you there, just watch the movie? Yeah, but there are two blades in the movie. Ah, there's more than two if we're talking but two, total two accumulated blades. number of blades. <laughs> it's uh, like the two towers, you know? <laughs> well, uh, this is uh, tangentially related to uh, pandemic stuff, uh, kind of, <laughs> trying to keep on theme. You did a good job this time, Cleveland. It was, I think it was your suggestion, but it was a, it was a good one. Well, yeah, because there's a, there's a vampire virus that's infecting the vampires and turning them into even vampier vampires. The vampires that's, and the human. That is the that's plot. Right. Uh, we, yeah. We've done it. All right. We See can, you next week, guys. Yeah, bye, all uh cleave uh, talk about why you wanted to do blade 2 well uh i saw it way back roughly when it came out probably a little after you know mid 2000s and yeah. uh just going on a nice run of fun del toro films and during that time i was also a very big marvel buff usual fare there i was a comic book nerd uh and uh Blade was, like, uh, a favorite of mine. He doesn't get too many appearances, and uh, so it's always a treat. Yeah, I feel like uh, when people think about, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe or, like, what that has become, they always kind of forget about, like, Well, the to Blade, the degree Blade, that... Blade, the Blade movies started that. Like, like, the Black Panther film was regarded as, like, like the first black superhero, and, like, or by, by many, like, is touted as, like... The first black, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first, like, big hero. black... And I'm like, yeah. where's the love for Blade? Where's, yeah, where's Blade the love for Wesley first. Snipes? He fucking killed it. Personally, I enjoy the Black Panther as well, and there's, there's, there's lots of room, but these films are... Underappreciated. Very underappreciated. I think that they they have a lot more going for them, and also that they know what they are so well. And and, uh, I want to I want to phrase that very clearly by saying they know what they are so well. Like the these are nice R rated like Ah. films, and Mm -hmm. uh, they they embrace that wholeheartedly. Uh, Once again, like Deadpool gets a lot of credit for that. And, First R-rated superhero and movie. And once again, where's the love for, for Blade? Blade. <laughs> like, uh, just everyone forgot about it. It it feels. And yeah, I, I'm 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 bringing it back. We're coming back around to Blade. So, what is Blade about? Wesley Snipes is born a half vampire um, uh, through weird circumstantial means and can walk out in the daylight that hence his title the daywalker the daywalker and um uh, he, he, he says, fights those uh, vampires as he says in the uh, the opening montage uh i have all their strengths and none of their weaknesses oh yes the, the opening montage where he just addresses the audience directly yeah, yeah. love it 
It's almost forget like a, it, forget everything you think you know. Vampires exist. <laughs> Previously and I, on and I Blade. Hunt them. Yeah. yeah. Cleve, you mentioned that this film knows what it is, and that's actually something that I wanted to talk about as well, because I have made it known multiple times on the podcast that I'm not a big comic book person or, like, Marvel superhero movie person, but this movie in particular, I think, is how all comic book movies should be. It feels like a comic book. I'll, I'll take it a step further and say, uh, like, action fantasy films as well. We had watched Revenge of the Sith uh, with, like, a, a goofy, like, recording over the top of it right before watching with this film. With a commentary film. track. And it, it kind of left me cursed, like, thinking the whole time we were watching Blade, like, god damn, Del Toro could actually do a Star Wars movie and just do it for what it's well, supposed to be. Like, yeah. space fantasy nonsense, right? Like, goofy fun with lightsabers. Like, this movie's just, like, goofy, wacky, violent just, you know, like ultra violence with vampires, wacky fight scenes, and all the characters are turned up to 11. The film just embraces like its oddball goofiness. I mean, like, most, wholeheartedly. Important, most importantly, it's campy. Yeah. Like, superheroes are inherently campy, the very concept of them. Yeah, men running around in tights. Well, blah, blah. It's, it's really funny how this film almost is a time capsule of like an earlier generation of superhero movies. Yeah. You know, at the time it came out, superhero movies were niche and not for the lowest common denominator and they were all unique and stylistic and they made a movie to make a movie not to make an adaptation right in a and lot of respects most of them and i think like the sam raimi spider-man trilogy is included in this as well they're all campy they're comic booky mm-hmm. like they capture the feeling of a comic book something that is that is inherently fantastical and kind of ridiculous. And it's just like looking at the Marvel movies that are out there now, and it's like they all take themselves so seriously. And it's just like effects porn and references on references. This is so much more entertaining. The writer of the Blade trilogy is uh, David S. Goyer. That's right. You know, we we talked about one of his films actually a few weeks ago. My last selection. Yeah, Dark City. But it's funny watching how David Goyer's trajectory in the film industry really influenced superhero movies for the worse in a lot of respects. Like before this, he had done The Crow, which is a big superhero-esque movie. Very dark, very gothic. But after the Blade series, he went on to write the Dark Knight trilogy. And I think the Dark Knight trilogy, while it's one of the better superhero sagas, it really influenced superhero movies in the negative, making them overly serious. Yes. Pushing towards grimdark. I agree. As much as I love the Dark Knight trilogy... And, like, even going back and rewatching the Dark Knight trilogy, like, it's still kind of campy at times. Oh, yeah. But I agree that, yeah, that was sort of like the turning point where somebody took superheroes and did them more seriously and more grounded in reality, and it worked to an extent. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, we have to do that. We have to make superheroes dark well, and gritty. Superheroes have to be serious now. The, like, no! <laughs> the funniest part is you see it in David Goyer's trajectory after that. You know, after he wrote the Dark Knight trilogy, 
he wrote Man of Steel. Oh, right? yikes, yeah. You know, tries to Yeah, let's take, like, the super bright golden pinnacle of, like, positivity and heroes, and let's do a grim dark story for that. That'll yeah. mesh. You know, he tried to take the same tone of Dark Knight trilogy, and it does not translate, especially when you have a hack like Zack Snyder directing it. Yeah, um, I mean, that kind of shit was cursed from the beginning. But, but... yeah, the, like, the point I was trying to make is Blade is very particular in its sense of camp and its rejection of feeling like a tentpole movie. Yeah. It feels like an action movie first and a superhero movie second. Yeah, I mean, I think there's for sure something to be said for just, like, Blade as a character. He's, like, a vampire hunter. He's not a traditional superhero in that, like, he's a guy in a cape that flies around and fights crime. Uh, So I think that helps a little bit. The tone of the movie is really what saves it a lot, because I do think there's quite a bit of bad stuff in this movie oh so much i think there's a lot of bad stuff there's like some really bad cg uh some smooth cg it's a very smooth early on smooth cg it's all all of the cg uh body doubling that's really yeah oh, no yeah, that's where it really it's, there's some bad acting too and some like motivations and stuff that just don't make any sense no. uh, here's i think uh, a nice way to to kind of break it all down is this this movie feels like del toro warming up for hellboy yes i was gonna say the exact same in thing. in many Many respects. The first and foremost being the scenes, uh, like the locations themselves, are very reminiscent of uh, the Hellboy films. Like there's the sewer sequence. Yeah, there's, I was thinking the same like, thing. It, 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 they, they hit a lot of the same beats. You have like the crawling creatures on the walls or whatever in the sewer and the, the big blue light explosions even. There's yeah, like going a, there's into like a the cathedral sewer to fight. destroy there's... the monster's nest, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we get the nest sequences in both. I don't see it as a detriment for either. I think it was no. actually uh, – it's quite an effective play to warm up those ideas and like look back over it like two years later for Hellboy and, and just – ran ramp it up extensively with like great with great puppetry and uh everything that we've we've discussed ad nauseum in our hellboy episode yeah it's been such a long time since i've seen this movie i had forgotten how close it is to hellboy in so many ways and you know we just we did hellboy for the podcast last year so like it's much more fresh in my head and watching this and i was like this is just yeah, exactly like you said. It's him warming up for Hellboy. Yeah. Like, even he even has Ron Perlman in it. I mean, yeah. he had worked with Ron Perlman before. Uh, he's kind of a staple for Ron. Toro. Ron never changes. But, uh, like, Ron Perlman is one of the best parts of this movie. He's, like, his I, character's he's great. I mean, yeah. I think it's one of the best parts of Hollywood. Ron Perlman's, like, one of my favorite actors. He's awesome. And he understands the tone of this movie. And, he, and oh, yeah. like, similarly Well, he just, Hellboy, he already is the tone of this movie. Exactly, like, yeah. He, yeah, he, he didn't have to change or do anything for that. Wesley well, Snipes as well, I yeah. think. Oh, man, I, I agree with you. I think that Wesley Snipes in this movie is bad, but also so good, so good, so good, so good. So good. So yeah. good. The camp is is amazing. I, like Blade's, like Blade's tone as a character is so all over the place. He says like the super badass line, but then he'll kind of like grin comedically and like he's kind of goofy at times. So many times it feels like. 
it's just Wesley Snipes like winking to the audience. Yeah, like, look how look how silly this is. Yeah, because yeah. like like yeah, the stuff he's saying like isn't for anyone other than the audience at times. You were gonna say something. Yeah, better. well, I mean, I think one of the big travesties of modern cinema is Wesley Snipes got got by the IRS I for know. tax evasion. Uh, you know, we were in a drought. Uh, we no, lost a lot of good years of Wesley yeah, Snipes. Yeah, true. and he he's such a great actor, and he's such a marketable performer, especially back in the day. Like, he sold movies by yeah. being the star in them. You know, you look at Demolition Man, or you look at the whole Blade trilogy, and it's like, this guy sold the movie, you know? Yeah. And for a while, we didn't have another black actor who sold movies in the same way outside of you know like sam jackson arnold level like action star yeah like that like he was just fucking killing it just absolutely killing mm -hmm. it yeah and like what a what a shame to to miss out on like, which is why movies. i was i was so happy to see him uh again in uh dolomite is my name right like he that he's so good in that yeah. too like it's I, like ah yes fucking wesley snipes is back and and what a what a crazy like way to come back to like i uh i mean maybe he's done other things since he's uh, reprised his i'm sure he career, has but, but like that's the first thing that i remember seeing him in and mm -hmm. being like ah wesley's back baby yeah it was like a minute or two into that scene before i even realized it was him because he's playing like such a like a crazy character so, such a delight uh other people in the film let's just i think we could just go through a couple of the other actors and talk about them uh individually uh since this is a very character driven uh film very in a quite similar vein to alien four i got a lot of alien four vibes off of this movie also this is like ron perlman uh no uh the wacky band of characters the way that they're all dressed is all very like late 90s early early aughts early 2000s yeah. like cool goth chic yeah kind of. like like coming up on like almost steampunky with like eclectic wear and like brown leather and shit also like the spiked punky hair and the guitar and like bass tracks that all sound like uh rage against the machine um and the like the camera pulls like those pull-ins yes like like alien four has a lot of those and also ron perlman so you know between all those things yeah, i just i just got some strong alien four vibes i thought i'd bring up before diving into the next couple of characters i can see that yeah i i mean this movie is very early 2000s yes <laughs> very very Quite much dated um yeah blade has to in this one team up with the uh, vampire nation who he has been fighting his whole life to uh, defeat the Reapers, the the new uh, extra vampire -y vampires. Wait, are they are they actually called like the the Vampire Nation? Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Because it... they're all about purity, and it sounds like the Aryan right. nation. Yep, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really about that. The main, like the. I know that's like a thing. Their overlord is. It turns out to be like Count Eugenics. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's true. They're it's the like bad, their whole they're the bad guys, Cleve. It's true. <laughs> I'm not supposed to like them, right? <laughs> and I don't like that. Oh man. Um, but yeah, so he has to team up with the Blood Pack, which is uh, that rather, name is I, I just love that to bits. They're a rather, I would say, inept uh, strike force of vampires. Well, that <laughs> they, throughout the course of the film, their ineptitude like increases <laughs> yes. because yes. the opening shot with them, they are on 
Target. I think that's one of the better CG shots in in the film. Uh, we see the the interior of, of Blades, like large headquarters, and uh, we get the the camera pans up to the the rafters, and these ninjas are all flipping in and it's vampire dead. ninjas. It's, yeah. yeah, vampire ninjas. What, what else could you ask for? And it's all dead silent as they flip across the rafters, and it's done in, in like the the CG, and they're all flippy, and they're all in sync, super coordinated. But well, there's only two of them. Then it's the it's the love interest and the main, Assad. and Assad. Yes, the main uh, blood pack guy. That's before we meet the rest of the squad. That's right. That's right. From then on out, yeah, they just kind of continue to prove their ineptitude absolutely well they they've been training them for the last two years to hunt blade and now they have to team up with blade so there's like that that fun uh tension but like Blade at is, no is, point did they demonstrate that they could have taken out Blade. No, like every time it seems like they've got him, like even when they capture him at the end, he's like, I was on to you all along. This is all part of my plan. It's just like Blade is always one step ahead of them. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's what the cool action hero needs to be. Right, exactly. Like good classic superheroes, like just just coming out on top, like regardless and just being like a pinnacle of power the whole movie. And they're being like little to no. <laughs> Stakes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who else? Uh, we have Ip Man, the the actor who who is Ip Man. Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. Thank you. Uh, hey, you're uh, Donnie Yen. Um, he does nothing in this movie. I he, was bummed. Well, out. I didn't even realize it was him at first until you pointed it out because yeah, they've got like, him. They've got him like wearing a bunch of like heavy eye makeup, and he's like, and he's younger. And he's like a samurai vampire goth, but he and, and you're like, oh shit, that's it, man. And I'm like, oh yeah, it is a vampire, a sampire. I think he might get less, like the least amount of screen time for like yeah, the entire right. blood pack. He, he, and he what he fucking, doesn't do. Much. He's he's actually like a martial artist. He uh, does, yeah, he gets like one. He gets one scene where he. Uh, runs and jumps and kicks one of the the reapers in the chest, and yeah. like that's it. It's like you're he gonna does very waste, little with his sword. You're gonna waste it's a, a, hot a legitimate like martial arts master. Like, why is he not more focal? That's one of the really confusing yeah. things. He's he's wasted in uh, Rogue One as well. Can we get more Donnie in action in films, please? Like, yeah. Well, he's great. I mean, at least in Rogue One, he has that one scene where he like fights all the stormtroopers with like the staff or whatever. And it's pretty good. It's but good. we get less than that. In we this get one. way less than that in this one. But we and do get we do get, and then he dies off screen. We do get another Hellboy comparison is like spooky, uh, like the vampire ninja, like like people in like all black with glowing eyes and swords you know very like uh was it cronin and yeah. hellboy yeah um, del toro has an aesthetic he does well we mentioned ron perlman let's talk a little bit about ron perlman he is ron perlman because he is like he's like the leader of the blood pack or whatever and his aesthetic is amazing he has a <laughs> describe his beard please i'm gonna i'm gonna try <laughs> it's like a very thin it's like a pencil thin mutton stash <laughs> yeah. but what completes it is he's bald except he has the mut the mutton stash continues all the way around the back of his head in like a, the tiniest thinnest little like monk's tonsure like and connects to his mustache he's just got this one thin strip of and it's hair. not dark it's not it's 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 quite light 
He's got this one thin strip of hair that runs all around his head. <laughs> it's really <laughs> funny. Similarly to Blade, he wears sunglasses for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, inside, underground, at night. I mean, he's a vampire, so he... vampires don't need sunglasses, do they? Because they're never out at the daytime. But Blade does. But Blade he's does. He's a daywalker. Yes, so, blades uh, make sense because he can go out in the daytime, but like his sunglasses are very important. We get that great shot of uh, is it Chris Christopherson who throws who throws the glasses yeah. to him at the end and he catches them? Yeah, he like CG catches them. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. Uh, love that. Like those enhanced shots where like the CG like leads into the the character landing. Like, and it's actually them. Like, they're, some of those are just outrageous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh, what what fun. Uh, they, cause you, you know that they were, like, trying to use CG to, like, to ramp up the impact of it, but it ends up feeling like a, like a Saturday morning, like, cartoon. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's... Like, an, like a, like a <laughs> not even a Saturday morning cartoon, but, like, a Looney Tune. Yeah, it's, it's weird, because there's, like, there is some, I think, legitimately quite good CG in this movie as yeah. well. Um, it's all over the goddamn place. Yeah, it, it looks great on some things and absolutely atrocious on others. Mm-hmm. I think, Ben, you you nailed it. Like, anything where they're, like, doing CG on the characters moving is <laughs> yes. terrible. Yeah. Everything, like... It's Uncanny Valley. It's, yeah, know. that's yeah. what I attribute it to mm-hmm. as well. Well, all, all of the body doubling stuff, it doesn't feel like the CG figures have weight. Right. In the same way that people do. Because they're smooth. Yeah, it's it's like... Um, There's no texture. When they first go to recruit Blade, like you said, the, the vampire ninjas, and they're fighting in front of that, like, wall of lights, there are a couple of shots where they're just, like, flipping around in profile, and... It looks like it looks like Mortal Kombat. Like someone loaded up like Mortal Kombat <laughs> yeah. like four. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's <laughs> like, like one of the old Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like it's very clearly CG. It's completely weightless. It's so overly smooth. And <laughs> But then it cuts back to some great sword fighting again. Like That's the choreography the in that sword fight scene is excellent. Now they, they do a lot of fun like foley plays where it'll do like a close cut and you'll see the sword like whip by like like in a mid shot you know barely and you hear like six or seven whooshing sounds um Dude, <laughs> it's it's fucking comic book sound effects it's yeah. like the 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 wham and the whoosh and it, stuff like that but in audio form but what i love is like for as many cutaways as there are to trick shots you can track all of the combat it's so nice to have a sword fight scene where like i know where a person is stand even with the shots like cutting like fairly frequently i know where someone is standing at any time i know what, where like where their swords are and where they're moving i always appreciate nice tracking in a film like, i mean it's, I can actually it's important to be able to know what is happening in a fight scene you should <laughs> tell that to uh the cinematographers of the born movies but uh yeah. you know or anything from like the later 2000s anything after the born movies yeah like for a while because uh it, that mm, that got old it, that got really so, old for me it's so funny to me that we watched revenge of the sith uh right before right this. before this um yeah. because the difference in choreography between the two is so striking to me because in revenge of the sith it feels so unmotivated you know people flipping 
around. And, yeah, it's like they're and they're, they're on CG sets, and you can as tell well. that you so can tell even, the choreography is like it doesn't look like they're actually trying to hit each other with their lightsabers. They're it, they're trying to hit each other's lightsabers. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're, we're in with Blade Two. I feel like a lot of the choreography feels very motivated. It is still. You know, overly flashy at times. Yes. But, like, I, I oh, feel yeah. like... It's extra as hell. It makes sense in a lot more ways, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Well, and it's... First of all, it's just choreographed better, but... It's a also, sword fight. Like, you want you want it to be flashy. You comic, want it to be extravagant. It's, it's a comic book. It's, yeah. it's fucking... It's over the top. It's ridiculous mm-hmm. it's uh it's as you said cleveland it's extra yeah it's it's not like it's like hema approved or anything it's not like historically accurate or like like fencing like regulated sword fighting no one's in for that you know no. we're, we're in for romantic choreography and we get that that's all just about all i could ask for and cool gadgets yeah too. i think all of the all of the action scenes in this movie are very fun i, w- I would love to move on to our antagonist um or i or should i say which i one? would love to move on to our antagonist the guy who talks like this the whole fucking movie which one? The the, <laughs> the the virus vampire guy. Oh, yeah. Because uh, this is his character. There's nothing else to him. He's very flat. Nomac, I think his name. Nomac? I, yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah, no, no slack in my Mac. The main reaper, the carrier of the virus, the one who spreads it. Yeah. Well, what you, you want to talk about him? What do you uh, want to talk about? Well, I think Blue, Blue Oyster Cult was right. I, I don't fear the reaper. <laughs> what you got? I mean... <laughs> I mean, not a joke. I was just going to say, like, I think he's very flat and stiff, but I think the character is cool. I think the design I think cool, is I think neat. he's a cool villain. I think he looks very cool. Yeah. The character is is generic as fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, that's probably a better way to phrase like, it. Like, he's just he's, wearing, like, he wears, like, homeless people clothes the whole movie. I kind of like that. It's fun for a bit, but, like, a what transition you, into something else would have been What cool. did you want? What did you want to see him wear? Uh, well, curious. I mean, the opening scene, it's fine with him wearing, like, homeless people stuff. Like, that that's cool or whatever. I mean, the whole movie, he's living in, down in the sewers. Yeah. The whole, for the whole movie. When do you want to put on something different? You want, um, you want, he wants a pimp robe or something. No, right? uh, like, like, he's in he's down in the sewers. Perfect. So, like, put him in a, I don't know, it's a Del Toro movie. Put him in, like, an 1800s diving suit or some shit. I don't care. <laughs> like, literally anything. I found this down here, here. in the sewer, Daywalker. Thunk. 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 Just like it takes five minutes to get to Yeah, bed. like a radi- like a sunlight proof radiation suit. Like that's what I wanted. I wanted him in like a radiation proof mech suit. Like that would have been cool. And it's still I, Toro. Like you, need, you, you you could see it. He didn't need the mech suit, man. He was strong well, enough as it was. Yeah, but that's still fun. I think it's really interesting that you mentioned he's flat. I feel like he is a very flat character. Um I think the charm of the character for me is the alien anatomy. Yes, oh, as well yeah. as the the cool mouth effect. Yeah, um, the the reapers have this thing where their like bottom jaw splits open into mandibles, and it, they have like a tongue thing. Here's the thing about that that CG, I kind of loved it. See that that's what I'm what I was saying when I brought mm-hmm. up the CG is like those effects look great. Yeah, like yeah. I I love the shit out of those. Like uh, every time I I got excited, and the the design is fan fucking tastic. Like it. it, it it's just this lovely mix of like alien half life, you know. Before they 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 like do the mouth thing, like they just look like like kind of Nosferatu vampires. They're yeah. all bald and veiny and got like big spooky eyes and shit, which is cool. 
it brings up a lot of uh like vampire of the masquerade or whatever that that game series is is called like vibes where they have like different sects of vampires um, yeah, and I like never played that uh there, there's some cool things about it you can be like the blade-esque vampires or you can be like the nosferatu rat looking ones if you wish and uh, i that's fun like yeah. in the different like different sects and uh so it was fun to see that in film this new breed of uh, of nosferatu looking vampires compared to the uh the more standard uh goth i i think what really sells the the villain in this movie is the the twist of who the the true villain is yes um i think that makes you know that adds a sense of depth to it and makes it a little less boring he becomes uh nomak almost becomes a tragic character by the end yeah Mm -hmm. when you find out where the reaper virus comes from why he was who created him and surprise it turns out curse you sudden but inevitable betrayal (laughs) yeah surprise it turns out it's the the old vampire king uh count eugenics wow the vampire king was the bad guy all along (laughs) who could have seen it coming Uh, right also the one the one non-human looking vampire is the one who created the one who looks kind of like nosferatu you mean yeah Yeah. whoa wacky oh i think well the bigger the bigger uh, surprise surprise is is uh, Norman Reedus <laughs> who we also we we missed in our in our actor run through oh no I have not I've not <laughs> forgotten about Norman Reedus I was waiting for Norman Reedus um, uh, can, I, I need to bring up before we talk about Norman Reedus uh, what the what fact what lovely fact you you <laughs> informed me of before we saw this film that I wasn't privy to uh, uh, Tease could could you could you uh, rejog my memory on that what was what was that one Oh yeah, um, uh, Norman Reedus named his son Mingus yeah. <laughs> in real life. Wow. Mingus Reedus. Mingus Reedus. Uh, that's why I took it as my introduction name because <laughs> I find it hilarious. Yeah. Totally unrelated. It's to a this mean movie. thing to name your kid. <laughs> totally unrelated you to this can't, movie. You can't name name your kid Mingus. This Mingus Reedus. Mingus the Dingus. Too. That's mean. I'm sure he had, a, he had a rough middle school, I'm sure. Let's let's talk a little bit about Norman Reedus in this movie because it's an interesting place in his career where he's post-Boondock Saints, but pre-Walking Dead. Yeah, and pre-Death Stranding. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, Very pre-Death Though, Stranding. this movie has Norman Reedus and the electric fetus in it also. That's true. And it Del does. Toro. And, and Del Toro. As yep. Die Hard Man. <laughs> or whoever. Mingus Reedus and the Electric Fetus <laughs> is an awesome band name. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, why is Norman Reedus watching Powerpuff Girls through this entire movie? In like, Del Toro must love it. Scene. I mean, I also love Powerpuff Girls, but that was weird that he was always <laughs> watching it. Yeah, he's like Blade's tech guy who builds all his gadgets in this movie, and but he's also like a mad stoner. He's smoking like fat joints in every single scene but he's like always a great character trope he's like the most early 2000s guy i found his character kind of obnoxious honestly extremely obnoxious yes i also loved that he keeps caught he calls blade b Oh, I don't. I don't know. About, I don't know about it's, that. Be so cringy. It's like, <laughs> it's like, like, like that whole character is just like looking back through a mid, like middle school photos. 
I did think a fun Easter egg is for a lot of the movie, he's wearing a uh, Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense shirt. Uh, so that's a nice little way to lead into Hellboy, uh, which came out two years after this movie, the first one. Yep. So 2004. Yep, yep, yep. But no, I agree. I th- I thought Norman Reedus was very, very annoying in this yeah. movie, especially in the scene where we find out that he has betrayed Blade and has been working for Count Eugenics all along. Yeah, when Norman Reedus breaks his treatise. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> his death following that is great. Yes, I agree. Early on, Blade puts this uh, little, like, bomb on the back of Ron Perlman's head to kind of, like, keep him in line. Like, you do anything that I don't like, I'll press the detonator and blow you up. They've captured Blade, and he tries to blow it up, and uh, Norman Reedus is like, the bomb's a dud, I designed it that way because I'm actually working for Count Eugenics. Because I, too, am a dud. Because I, eventually they're going to do enough vampire eugenics that they're going to be able to walk around in the daytime, and I'd rather be a pet than be food, or whatever. So, uh, he has his whole monologue where he walks around saying yo and flailing his hands a lot because he's that early 2000s guy that's all i remember from it um i I don't remember much of what he was saying and then uh (laughs) blade's like there's two problems with that one i've been on to you since they turned you so of course you know blade one step ahead of the game and two the bomb's not a dud and presses the button again and Norman Reedus blows up in a fantastic practical of uh, blood and meat bits and smoke. And and you you best bet that those bits are real uh, and they're getting blasted all over a real set and you gotta gotta love it, especially when there are so many like CG skeletal like explosions like uh, throughout the course of the film to yeah. make that that final one a practical and just really really adds the it, it gives a lot of it gives a lot of meat you know yep that it launches all over the room and I, that's that's always appreciated uh, and to be fair though the CG deaths of the vampires that we see throughout this film I thought they were fun. I love them, like, conceptually. I don't think that CG is great. Oh, it hasn't aged well, Um, but it's fun. But, yeah, no, it's very fun. It's cartoon fun. It's more forgivable than the the body doubles as well. Absolutely. Yes, 100%. I wouldn't trade those body doubles for the world, though. (laughs) I'm so glad they're there, and I'm so glad they exist. Considering the tone... Goddamn the laughs that I got out of those. Considering the tone of the rest of the movie, I don't think I would trade them out either, but, like, man, that's... Like, if this was a super serious film, God, could you imagine how cringy that would have been? Yeah, no, it would have been It would have been rough, and I would have not wanted it in there. But, like, because of the tone, like, it doesn't have to age poorly in the same respect. Well, I think, you know, that's just credit to, like, who Del Toro is as a filmmaker, because, like, he's he's a self-professed comic nerd, and, you know, he'd been wanting to do Hellboy for, you know, his whole life, and, and I think that his his fandom shows because he knows what the tone of a comic book movie should be. Yeah, it does and he show. goes and he goes with it. Like I think that the quality of his movies ranges pretty dramatically, 
But what I do always appreciate about him is that he knows how to have fun in a movie. Um, his his stuff, even if it's not always oh, the yeah. best, is generally pretty fun. I, Pacific, I love Pacific, Pacific Rim. Rim yeah. Like the cool thing too is like he he does self serious quite well. Also, Pan's Labyrinth. Oh my yeah, it's an incredible, incredibly serious the film. Backbone and Shape of Water too. Mm-hmm. Um, all pretty serious films and done very very well. Have y'all seen his first movie, Kronos? The, no. Uh, not, no. Uh, shame, shame on me. I haven't seen Devil's Backbone. Ooh, either. Devil's Backbone is a great one. That's, I, really that's one we could probably... We could definitely do for the, the podcast. For the podcast. I'd be, I'd be yeah. quite down. I'm always down for Del. It's it's very, very good. Always um, down for the D. Del, Toro. Funky. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> always down for uh, uh, Del Trot and 30, 30 Toro. Thousand. Yeah? No. You feel good about that one? I, I feel terrible about it. Can we please move on? <laughs> yeah. And well, pretend this never happened. While we're talking about characters that I found obnoxious in the vein of Norman Reedus, how did y'all feel about uh, Count Eugenics? I don't like that character very much. It's I think he looks cool. Fine. Yeah. 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 I thought it, I found him pretty obnoxious. Yeah, he is obnoxious. I feel like his character has a little more depth in some ways than the vampire baddie oh then yeah blood pool has more depth yeah but he is a more obnoxious and kind of i think in some ways a more boring character yeah i think his motivation he's the spooky vampire count there's really not much more beneath the surface i think his motivation for villainy is weirdly less developed than than like nomax because we find out that nomax is like his his bastard son you know his failed creation who is living with this this curse of a virus and he's motivated by revenge you know but count eugenics is just like i want to be able to walk around in the daytime so i'm gonna breed some super vampires very early on i made an it crowd joke with the father and we got that and we got one we actually got a father like father. in the movie i was so happy like <laughs> yeah like 20 minutes later <laughs> yeah no that was at the very end when he busted yeah. up into uh uh count eugenics castle or oh. mansion or whatever where where does this movie take place? I found that very confusing. Bul- Bulgaria pest Because uh, I think... In like, somewhere Eastern Europe. I think the title card at the beginning said Prague, and... The movie was almost certainly shot in Prague. Yeah, but the confusing thing about it is that, like, Prague. Blade's base is also there, I think. Or did they fly back? They, you, we'd see them getting in like helicopters once or twice, once. but also like you can't you can't really go like transatlantic on a helicopter, right? You absolutely can't. I think his base was there, but everybody in the movie, like the people on the street, speak English. The vampires speak some other language to each other, but there's also like. All the signs are in, like, Cyrillic characters. I could not place where the fuck this movie is supposed to be. Yeah. It's very, I got it very confusing. <laughs> no, it's, and when, like, your whole cast is just, like, all over the place, too. Like, there's there's no, like, grounding, you know, like, setting. Yeah, uh, I would say the would, quality of the acting ranges pretty dramatically in this movie. There's oh some really good acting and some really bad acting. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. 
Especially with some of the blood pack. Yeah, I was going to say, who who's the worst performance in this movie, do y'all think? Who's the worst actor? I think it's the the love interest, whatever her name is. Oh, yeah. She's, she's flat. She's so bad. Flat. Especially because, like, in most scenes, she's, like, opposite Wesley Snipes, who is viciously hamming it up. Mm-hmm. And her, in comparison to that, is just, like, yeah, a total charisma void. Yeah, just, like, absorbs all of it. Just delivers, like, these, like, dead lines yeah like like even like after her like her father and like brother like die and shit in front of her she just she has very little to say about it right and she's like i can feel the virus i want to see the sun before i die so blade takes her outside to have a beautiful death. i also called that quote I also did, I also yes. called that line like like uh, you've a, seen a this movie before. before though uh, I, <laughs> well, I, yeah in in like two thousand and like eight <laughs> like Man. like I have little to no me- I've I have like uh, I had a, like a one off memory of like Your the ninja fight remembers and uh, and a one off memory of. Uh, uh, like Whistler or Whisper or whatever his name is up on the roof. With Whistler, the, yeah, Chris yeah, Christopherson. With the, with the rifle. But I, yeah, I, I Talk remember. about another lame duck character. Oh, yeah, bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer because Chris fun in the first one. is a great actor. I, I really just I doesn't have fun. much to do. Yeah, I remember him being, he, him being a little bit more of a, of a treat in Blade 1. It's a long time since I've seen the first Blade. I don't remember the events of it very well. I feel like um, I watched it more recently. It's nice that uh, that Blade Two they tell you everything you need to know at the very beginning. Wesley Snipes tells you directly. Yep, it was really kind exactly, of him to do yeah. that. I appreciate gives you it gives you a, an update, and you know I think that's that's good, and it means you can just watch Blade Two, and you don't have to watch the other ones. The first one's pretty fun, though. I I really enjoy the first Blade. I would recommend. I don't know if I've seen Blade 3. I I could not tell you if I've seen it or not. I've seen bits and pieces on TV. I don't think I've ever seen the full movie, though. I'd wonder if it it was on TV, if it was the theater cut or not. They cut movies for TV weird all the time. Especially R-rated films. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, The Matrix on TV. I can't remember what channel, but it was was one of those channels where, like, they dub over the curse words. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. uh, One of the best is, like, Snakes on a Plane. Like, I'm tired of these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday, Friday plane. Yes, this Monday through Friday plane. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, there's... I just remember... the part of the matrix where uh they like suck out the the little robot from like neo's mm-hmm. belly button or whatever yeah, in the first act yeah and uh i think the line is jesus christ that thing's real and in the dub it's jeebers cribbers that thing's real. <laughs> <laughs> which like dubbing over jesus oh, jesus christ is not like a swear but well it's taking the lord's whatever. name in vain. something something like but changing it to jeebers cribbers <laughs> jeebers like, cribbers Jeepers creepers, yeah. even, but just jankies. I forgot <laughs> jankies. <laughs> that thing's real. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, like crawler scoob. <laughs> Man, we have diverged so many times on this episode. I feel like we've talked more about other movies than we have it's Blade Two. I, I don't think we're here for you know like are there any like any like deeper meanings or like conceptual oh, no, like no no uh, I mean you know like higher concepts we could get into with this film because I don't think no, there are and I don't think there need not. to be no so um, you know go, going off on a tangent this is, or two is absolutely fine. a turn your brain off action yeah. movie yeah you no know, there's no deep 
philosophical undercurrents and played to honestly and as much as i love that it's nice to have the opposite it and was the perfect it was the perfect choice uh for today too because i was deeply hung over and boy it was it was nice to be able to just shut my brain off and watch wesley snipes uh ham it up with ron perlman you, for an hour and a half yeah dear listeners your boys are tired today <laughs> With the, the the Rona is getting to us. Not uh, well, hopefully not. not, no, it hopefully isn't. not. Not that we've caught the Rona, but the <laughs> the Rona blues. <laughs> the Rona blues. The Rona blues. Uh, cabin fever. Um, that, was, that was last week. That was uh, t- two weeks ago. Three weeks ago. When did we talk what about is time? Yeah, what even is? <laughs> we've been inside so long. Here? Jesus Christ! The scratch marks on the walls say we've been here. <laughs> the sponsorship for, for only four again. days. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like other stuff worth mentioning. Uh, we talked a little bit about the the creature effects that those are really uh, good. But more on that, the the autopsy scene. Oh is yeah, a fucking delight. And uh, wonderfully reminiscent of, like, the crawler autopsy in Alien. Oh, the facehugger autopsy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to have that. With all the the fun gooey bits on yeah, the table. so they they can see how how different the reapers are from the vampires. They have to eat every couple of hours. Man, what what happened to that in films where you actually got like a nice good look at the bad guys and the cool designs? Once again, like general praise depends for Del Toro on, because like he does this movie. so well. I mean, no, you don't want to see the monster, but like the cool suits, the 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 cool designs. Uh, like like Del Toro is one of the best at. First off, like having a great art production team directing a great art production team to make them, but also understanding like how to show them off. Like we get to see all the yeah. cool mandibles and feelers and like talk about like the science of these creatures, even if it's comic book science and build on those ideas instead of uh, instead of them just being like these incredible designs that we only get to see for four fucking seconds, you know, and like we don't get to really sit with and, and look at. Well, I think much like uh, last week's film, From Beyond, you know, there's such a confidence in just putting that all out there in the forefront and really showcasing yes. the, yeah. the design and the, you know, the creatures and all that stuff. Showcasing is a great and way yeah. to put it. Uh, it's a confidence that not many filmmakers have anymore. Yeah, Del Toro, in, in terms of horror, man, like, Del Toro's a man after my own heart. He loves movie monsters, and when he has cool ideas for them, he really wants to show them off. Yeah. Like, I don't think that that's the way to go all the time, no. but with, like, Del Toro's cool designs, it pretty much always is. And it's it's fun. Featuring the creatures in a creature feature. Yeah, right. That's exactly. all it comes down to. I just want to see those creatures featured. It's funny to see how he's like over the course of his career progressed the idea of like monsters with tongues that with creepy tongue things. He does love creepy tongues. He does. Like here's this and then Hellboy two years later because Samael has that big tongue that like latches on and lays the eggs on Hellboy. And then uh, he did the that book trilogy that they then did a show of the strain with the vampire that have long tongues and that's how they uh, never saw that uh, the books are great I've got them over there on the shelf if you ever want to read them the show the first couple seasons are pretty good but it diverges pretty hard from the book and I don't really like the end he loves vampires that drink blood using tongues instead of teeth (laughs) 
but yeah, those those creature effects in Blade Two are some of the the best stuff. Like the body horror stuff, I think is uh, excellent. The last thing I want to talk about is the score of this movie. Oh, it's okay. Very goth, you know, like EBM industrial, yeah, type of electronic music, and I think it's a lot of fun. And, and it's mixed with like some hip hop at times too. Which the fun. yeah, the choice of a couple of the hip hop cues are a little baffling. Yeah, like for well, every the every few times baffling. it works, you have something like the credits. Where you have this hip hop, totally song that unrelated hip hop song. We're like an Islander vibe. Yeah, I, I, had, I was so confused. We all were. <laughs> yeah, it works at a lot of moments in the movie, though. Oh, I, I love uh, it when they're like they're walking up on the club. Oh God, the club scene, man! I like love that's one of the best that. scenes. But that's so funny when they're like building up to that. It's like this is the secret, like underground oh, warehouse. Yeah. You're gonna like, see things you've yeah, never gonna, seen before, and it's to, like he's seen stuff like that in the previous movie. It's like we're about <laughs> you're about to enter uh, our world you're, you'll see things don't forget like you'll see feeding don't forget while you're here his quote is literally I walk in both worlds yeah, he right. knows what he's walking into like they're talking to the audience but then but then they do they have the shot where it's like they go in and there's like that long hallway with just like the tables lined with like surgical instruments and just it's like, like yeah it's like oh really John Wick what's gonna what's gonna happen like what what kind of debauchery are we gonna see and they open the door at the end of the hall and it's just a it's fucking, rave. It's just a fucking warehouse rave. Yep. <laughs> and everybody in there is dancing so funny, man. I mean, I know this is there's audio, clearly there's no a music. Of, there's a lot of this playing. And, yeah. Yeah. Because they're they're all like doing yeah, like the 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 rave, like hand twirls and shit. <laughs> the, like, uh, the under the bridge guy. Yeah. It's the bridge guy. Uh, yeah. The bridge. They guy. were the bridge. Yeah, guys. Yes, Thank you, Ben. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes. yes you're absolutely, absolutely right. Like it was just a bridge goth situation. And. And uh, even then, I've seen I've seen like like cringy videos of bridge goths that had like I think more compelling uh, costumes. <laughs> there's just like this. I don't know if y'all saw him, but there's because they're not even wearing like that much like gothic ravey like attire. It's mostly just like like sweaters and shit. You'll see that one guy who was in almost every shot of the rave. The dude in the red T-shirt and the sunglasses. Yeah, what was up with that? What's going? What's was up just with like that a hipster dude? in the background and he like and just like an extra trying really hard to get as much screen bro, time as possible. If they if they paid the producer's me, cousin. I would, Dude, I would absolutely get paid to go be in a uh, a vampire rave. I do it for free. <laughs> yeah, I probably would. I do too. it for free. Are you kidding? Yeah. Well, yeah. the the whole vampire rave stuff is really funny because they do the same thing in the first movie. Oh, the yeah. first one's so much I better think, though. Yeah, like, that's the, the thing. The, I think they do it better in the like, first. It's the movie. opener, and it's so good. Like, yeah. I, I I vividly remember that sequence with like the the blood sprinklers. It's yeah, fun. that's I do remember because like scene. it's all from the yeah. the POV of like a, a person like a, a normal person who doesn't know that they're about to be fed on, and that that's a great sequence. Mm-hmm. And then to be told after we've assumedly seen that as an audience that like you're about to see stuff you haven't seen before and it's that but like more boring was <laughs> weird. I, Once the rave kicks off and like the action scene takes place in that club, it's great. Though. Oh yeah, okay, it's okay, great. Cool, like, yeah. like I was wait, gonna say, I wouldn't describe like, the course rave correction. Scene as, like it, it does bring it back around. I wouldn't describe the rave scene as boring. Wonderfully, but, no, no, no. But just like the the costumes and all the rest of it. Like I, is, I would have actually preferred like more goth. In there that is scene. a lot of yeah. There's a there's a lot in that scene of them like walking around and like planting little sticky cameras and cutting back to seeing like the reapers sneaking into the building and like that. I agree is a little yeah. bit. Uh, 
I'll just you can just speed past that. <laughs> right, like uh, just just like Sauron, I want Morgoth. God damn it! That's a Silmarillion joke yes, for all you I... like real nerds out there. <sighs> let's rate this thing. All right, yeah. let's. <laughs> Cleveland, it was your pick. I'm going to keep you from doing more Silmarillion puns and ask you to rate this first. All right. <laughs> um, sorry, I can be a little silly, Marillion. Um, uh, <laughs> so. Uh, uh, right back to back to vampires. Uh, this movie was a delight. Uh, I do. I I need to probably carry through on my point that uh, this was, I think, warming up for Hellboy. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I I'm certain I gave Hellboy a five. And I don't uh, remember. Yeah, I, don't I I don't think I can give like give this film a five, but I'm going to give it a four and a half because wow, okay. it's wow. it is a delight. It's a delight for me, and uh, the bad moments are. So wonderfully bad, like the CG, like just deep belly laughs, uh, having a wonderful time with it. And when it's great, it is very legitimately fun and good. And I just I love the cast. I love the I love everything about it. It's it's a it's a wonderful time. And the flat characters are fun to make fun of as well. Yeah, I really like this movie, too. Um, I I feel like I need to rate it realistically, and there are some... Feel free. Le- Probably not a bad idea. <laughs> there's some legitimately bad things in this movie, and some of it is charming, like the CG. Some of it not so much, like annoying characters. Like, I kind of hate Norman Reedus in this. I don't really like Chris Christopherson. I don't like uh, Count Eugenics. But, man... Wesley Snipes is amazing. Ron Perlman's amazing. The creature effects are fucking dope. And it's overall a, a good time. I definitely enjoy this movie. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, and to mirror what you you said in several ways, you know, if it's very dated, um, especially in its effects. Um, but I love the sense of camp and I love how it almost feels like a time capsule of an earlier genre of movies that we don't get in quite the same way anymore. I, I feel like, in in a sense, like this was John Wick of the era. Kind of, uh, yeah. You know, um, but I I think it definitely has problems. Flat acting is a big one. Norman Reedus is so obnoxious in this movie. Um, I'm going to give it a three and a half as well. It's a solid enough movie. Um, I think it's about as good as the first Blade. I'm due for a rewatch, and I, man, I've seen Blade 3, or Blade Trinity, or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't remember it, but I have a vague memory of him fighting Satan, or Dracula, or something, that really makes me want to go back and revisit Dracula that. Satan? Yeah, I think it, it might be Dracula Satan. I mean, shit, I don't want um, shit out of that. Uh, but anyway, that'll give uh, Blade 2 an average of 3.8 out of 5. Ben, it's back around to your choice next week, I believe. Indeed. Uh, what well, are we watching? Uh, this is going to be episode 99. Uh, it's the last wow. one before our big 100 blowout before special Hundo. episode. Big bust. Well, I'm going to pick something a little left field. So one of our favorite subgenres on the show is the Vanity Project. Yes. You know, the love letter made by an eccentric. To themselves. Essentially, to themselves. Something that really accentuates the the strangeness of the person creating it. Um, and I think there's no bigger 
example of a vanity project than the movie The Evil Within. This movie was directed by Andrew Getty, heir of the Getty Empire, made over almost a decade with uh, essentially unlimited funding. Uh, the thing is, Andrew Getty at the time was also addicted to meth. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we'll see how that is. I'm is pretty there, excited. The backstory of it alone is has sold me on it. any relation to the games? No. Weird. Came out in, I think, 09? I've definitely never seen it, so I'm very excited. Yes. Oh my god. Me too. Cool. Well, that will be next week. Cleveland, who sponsored the podcast this week? Well, you've seen it on TV before, but now it's coming to stores near you. The diphthalmolotic tongue depressor that'll get your tongue extra stretcher for for being a vampire. If you're looking to bite people in all sorts of new ways, try that thing. <laughs> try the, the tongue depressor or whatever. And you can bite your friends with your tongue. And, uh, uh, the sponsor shelf is glowing at me, uh, I, I think in disapproval, uh, but um, I, have, I have embraced my death uh, at, this, at this juncture, and that might just have to do, because we're sleepy boys tonight, <laughs> yep. viewers at home, listeners at home, uh, cut, us save, some, cut us some fucking slack. Save the boys. <laughs> save us, save us, please. We need, we need help out here. Uh, send us, uh, send us your your thoughts if you want to save the boys uh, then you can go over to apple podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a nice segue thank you for saving me that was an excellent segue Um, way better than the sponsor uh yeah so uh leave us a nice rating and review wherever you listen to the show uh follow us on twitter at pod people pod or on letterbox.com slash pod people pod for a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those episodes. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Deep State Ozzy. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. I'm occasionally tweeting for Light Arc Studios. We continue to put out our next big game, It Stares Back. Come and check us out. We're on Steam. It's quite good. It Stares Back. Spooky. Fun. Have a good time. That's all. All right. Me. Also, check out my art station, uh, Cleveland Mosier on Art Station. <laughs> <laughs> Did want to plug that real quick too, because uh, my, my commissions are open right now, and uh, I'd love to draw some art for you. <laughs> Hit me up. Yeehaw! Uh, well, check back with us next week to see how much more our mental states have degraded, and uh, to find out what is the evil within. I'm gonna go. To a vampire rave. Oh.